Hello and welcome to the rules of acquisitioning. <laughs> the rules of acquisitioning. Um, the rules of acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You know, the, the, the Star Trek show. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, for those, okay. that, if I don't cut it out, James is sneezing a lot. Uh, a lot. This, this episode is all about illness. <laughs> that's right. I got the quickening. <laughs> right. My name is Wade Bowen. That's James Nolan. Hey, guys. Uh, and also we have Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hi. And, yep, we're talking about an episode called The Quickening. Yes. <laughs> this is episode 23 of season four. It originally aired on May 20th, 1996. Here's the IMDb description. Bashir tries to help a planet in the grips of a Dominion-engineered plague that guarantees a painful death. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's no other beast. Pretty good. There's no other beast plot. That that is it. This is a no other B plot. Very heavy. No, well, there's no other. Yeah, Quark, no other Quark yeah, we get a programs commercial. We get we get like a two minute B plot in the cold open. Yes, we do get <laughs> pretty much the highlight of the entire episode. Uh, yeah, you would say that, wouldn't you? Well, wait a minute. Okay, cards on the table. Sorry. What do you guys think of this episode? Oh, we, I, I thought this is the finest doctoring that Julian Bashir has done. Um, I I love I loved this episode. Did you really? Really. What? Yes, yes. I love are, you, are you bullshitting us? No, I'm not. I bullshitted you earlier on a text. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I love this episode. I think I think it's really. I great. think it's actually not a bad episode. I predictably thought it, I thought it was kind of a slog, but yeah. You're not a disease guy. Though. I'm not a disease guy. <laughs> Me, I'm a disease guy. That, but I, th- I do like I do like the world building that goes on with it, with the Dominion being such mean fuckers that they would engineer something that's so devastating to a people as punishment that was pretty yeah yeah. but no i this was this does this uh episode answer the our podcast long question is julian a good doctor i think that it, it answers that he's a driven doctor which is kind of and it is an episode about his limitations Mm -hmm. so i think I mean, it turns the question that we ask as a podcast on him and turns it into a question almost for the show where Julian reaches like the, I don't know, is it a terminal for all science or just his sort of terminal point and a better science? Beverly Crusher could have nailed it (laughs) in 40 minutes and went home (laughs) or uh, like so that that's I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting question. But you get to like we do get to see him kill a ton of people. <laughs> so, so I liked. I, 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 yeah, I think that this episode is doing what I wanted to see them do, which is shitting on Julian Bashir and trying to make something out of the mess of a character that there have been. Right, and and I think just in general, my general statement on my opinions about this is this it's a well-told star trek story yeah 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 which i haven't been getting a lot of right in my life so yeah (laughs) so that that's actually think that at the end i don't think that he i would not say that the answer 
the question is was answered until the the last moment where we see him continuing to work. Yeah. Even though the episode is over, mm-hmm. that was the moment where I felt like they f- did something in the right direction with Julian, not just as a character. We have a lot of character stuff from Julian, I guess, in in terms of his relationship with other people. But this is him as a professional working in the Federation. This is like the first mm. four episodes, almost almost the fifth season. This is that we get to see him do something professionally well, positive. Well, do we ever see Beverly Crusher reach out to f- solve a thing for an alien population, or is she just working on Federation people the whole time? I don't Um, I think that we have before. Because you don't, I mean, it's partly because how Ill, ill-served she was by the producers and stuff to where God, I haven't, there weren't really any she had her few moments in the sun all any episodes centered around her were centered around either her son her son or yeah. her romantic stuff or something but her professional like there, that doesn't feel like it was ever like i felt like she was ill-served maybe more so than julian well, she did she did she did a lot of field medicine but there was. She didn't beg the question. She didn't. I think that's the because thing. Because they were too worried about her girl talking with everybody instead of like worrying about what kind of doctor she well, was. Well, but she didn't. The show didn't make her seem incompetent like the way they seem to clumsily make Julian seem incompetent. <laughs> Maybe. By being like a coos hound for like three seasons. Yeah. I will say that I think it's my feeling that you could take this script and film it. Back in the day with DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy on a planet of the quickening people. And I think that it would. Yeah, that would play. That would play. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Think this this totally would. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the beats of Julian's beats, like, hell, I thought we were going to go back on the ship. And uh, I'd say, by the way, Jim, uh, I saved all those people. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And now I don't, you know, like, and then he would have worked. Like, I think that those beats, like all of his character beats would have worked with that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. And so I I liked it just felt it felt good. Like, I mean, last week's episode for people who were watching us, like do this straight through (laughs) or listening to these podcasts straight through. It seems like I'm, I'm liking several episodes in a row. There's been other Star Trek in the mix. <laughs> and this was nice to get back to really good Star oh, yeah. Trek. I understood everything in this episode. Like, I understood <laughs> who the character... There, there was a lot of heavy makeup at times, but I still understood who was who uh-huh. and what they were supposed to be doing. And I understood what universe it took place in. Everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, was a, this was a little bit of a slog for me because I know... I guess maybe it's because I knew how it ended up. Like, I remembered... Mm-hmm. That this is sort of like Julian's Waterloo. See, yeah. I couldn't, I didn't remember it until I started rewatching it. I thought there was going to be a big scene was from an episode later on, and then I was like, "Oh, it's this episode," which mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Which, which by which the way, I, creating a vaccine to a virus is pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah, but yeah, it's not a cure. I get oh. it. You're talking about the uh, we're talking about the end mm-hmm. already, but yeah, let's well, talk about well. I let's mean, talk about the beginning yeah. with "Come to Quartz." Quartz is fun. Quartz is fun. Come right now. Don't walk. Run. Run to this 
cold open that has nothing to do with anything whatsoever <laughs> else that happens. Oh, I love the part where my name rotates. Nothing around. to do, even thematically. No. It was there just because. It's just because they have a clause where they gotta get everybody to talk. Oh, they just got, we gotta get it. Armin's scenes in. It cleared everybody but Cisco, and then they cleared up Cisco in in plot later. Right. Ah, oh, shit. Armin showed up at 5 a.m. <laughs> to get in his makeup, and we don't have anything. <laughs> Quick, write it. No. Yes. So I think that it was just a cover your ass scene. It was yeah. It was horrible. Like, they should have worked on it. To, I, I I don't know what this... You thought, it should have been something that was thematically tied. I thought it was horrible. I thought it was great because you have all these people in a post-capitalistic society who don't have to deal with advertising on any level all of a sudden have it in their face <laughs> and, then they, and, it's, and see how I rate the, like have your society have no advertising for 200 years. And then all of a sudden have it interjected uh-huh. and see how pissed off everybody gets. <laughs> that, and I think that that's what it would be like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it's a fine little cold open. I mean, I can find critiques that it has nothing to do with whatsoever with the rest of this episode. Sure. But it's fun yeah. enough. It doesn't, but there's a life on the station that goes on whether where people are on the away on missions or not. Right, right. But I mean, yeah, I like the scene. So it's nice when there's a little tie. To but it. It, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's a minor. It's a minor nitpick, but because it's only two minutes, but it is. It's slight. <laughs> <nitpick. Yeah. laughs> I want him. I want that mug with the free refills. And- yeah, that's a uh, that's an early picture of Quark too, because it's not the nose he actually uses on the show. Huh. It's oh, the nose. It's, very nice catch. His nose changed from... Uh, yeah, uh, that's memory alpha. Memory alpha caught, memory alpha caught it. Like, because he has a different nose in the pilot than he does for the rest of the show. And that's his pilot nose. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. One of the things is, immediately they go into Dominion space. Uh, also, immediately they have to shoot Kira. Kira can't stand up right now. Ooh, because of reasons? <laughs> yeah, that'll be fixed next week. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. That's Bashir's fault too. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is Bashir. Bashir fucked her up. Um, but ironically, there is a pregnant woman in this episode, oh, right? Uh, oh. but um, Jen Kirkman is. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> what? Just, oh yes. Uh, it just looks like. For a minute there, I was. I was like, wait a minute. No, she was, was and, and Jen Kirkman is on the record as never going to be pregnant. I believe, right? Right. Well, <laughs> well, I don't. This is just make believe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That belly looked pretty real. <laughs> like I, that was some pregnant oh, woman yeah, yeah. there. But um. <laughs> but not comedian Jen Kirkman. We could probably guess who it was. <laughs> no, but not comedian Jen Kirkman. Oh uh, yeah. Is she a Hillary fan? I'm not really sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I, I don't know where would you we would find that out. I don't know how. Uh, so not all of the Gamma Quadrant is Dominion space. Yeah, I noticed that they were like, oh, it's on the edge of the first. They're in the Guevara system, and then they're they they go through a lot of systems that they name check. Yeah, the Guevara system. I was like, no, oh, we got a distress signal from the Teplon system, which is outside Dominion space. But I thought. I thought Are you the still Dominion... working on your atlas of the of the game. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. Wait, I'll have his uh, Gamma Quadrant Atlas project ready to go before we're done. Oh, I could probably name some more uh, systems later on that they name check. I just don't. I haven't gotten to that point <laughs> in my notes. But so they feel that they have a small sandbox of the Gamma Quadrant that they're happy to work in, right? Yeah, I guess so. Because that's why I keep 
Every time they keep going into the Gamma Quadrant, I'm like, why are you doing that, you dumb motherfuckers? Right. Just stay away. Just stay away. <laughs> right. Because they, Just... the Dominions clearly claimed all of the Gamma Quadrant, but they're like, well, this is what they patrol, I guess. Yeah, and they said this was near the edge of Dominion, Dominion space, space yeah. but it was, was clearly Dominion space. Right, right. Because the Dominion had fucked these people up. Oh, yeah. So, well, wasn't it... 200 years ago, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get in the... I don't know exactly... I just got the feeling that they, they were left there as a... It's a warning, yeah. As like a warning. A warning, yeah. Like, if this is what happens if you don't join... Like, they're not a part of the Dominion. Right. This is what happens if you don't join the Dominion. Was that implied or said? No, that was that was explicitly said. They, I mean, they talk about, like, they, they go down to the planet and everybody's got this herpes on their face. I guess I just assume that once you do that to a planet, then that becomes a part of Dominion space. Right. Well, even why would if, you name some something that, that kills you over your lifetime to quickening? I don't understand why it's called the quickening either. Well, okay. I got a whole thing about that. Oh, uh, well, I mean, they go down and they, well, first off, they do name check. They say two centuries ago... We thought we could resist the Dominion, and then they sent the Jim Hadar in and fucked us up and destroyed everything. And then also they kind of salted the earth afterwards and gave mm-hmm. everybody this blight to where it's like in everybody's system and it's going to kill you eventually. And the quickening is just like, I mean, the way I saw it, but I want to hear your thoughts too. You have these uh, lesions on your face all the time when they're blue, apparently. But once they turn red, mm-hmm. the quickening is like You're fucked, the yeah. legions are quickening, and you have a, only a certain amount to live at oh, that, that point. So sense. it's the disease. Okay. The disease quickening. Because usually quickening, yeah, but usually quickening means come alive. And it means the disease comes alive, but you, you think of it as, you know, it's the, I guess that it seems like it's being misused. Right. And then at some point, it does say that, it, like, they use it almost to mean that it comes on quick. Like, right. Well, like it's a quick death afterwards. That's it's also killing you your entire life, I guess. Like death is coming for you, but once it turns so on, it's the opposite your death of the quickening. Word. You know, like death is coming on fast. Well, the disease is quickening. The disease is coming alive, and you are not. Well, like, your death is coming a lot it quicker. Means the disease. So your death is quickening too. Quickening means to come alive. Right. Well, a fetus quickens. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that a Highlander reference, too? <laughs> oh, what? that's Highlander 2, right? The Highlander 2, the quickening. The quicken- <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think that's when you come alive as a Highlander. I haven't watched I, Highlander. I, well, look, we don't need to. Highlander 2, the quickening, is in the future, and there's a dome around the planet or something. Yeah, I, that's the, oh, that's the one where they black out the sun, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't affect your yeah. face very much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it does mean to quick come alive, but it's also like the virus okay. is coming alive, and quickening your death that's what i think i think that it it, it it took me like i had to pause it and think about it and like <laughs> i looked up the definition of quickening to make sure that i got it right and i was like what the fuck and then like later i, I came to the disease quickens yeah yeah so the disease the disease comes alive and the yeah while we're doing this sort of uh tiki tank stuff it also bothers me that it doesn't bother me that they say it but i've noticed that they keep saying that whenever they go to these plants these plants often make references to having seasons Oh, yeah. But seasons is like a quirk. It's not a quirk of our planet. Other planets have tilted axes, too, but they have wildly different axes. Right. <laughs> Tilts. So this idea that, like, people always use a four-season format yeah. for planets, I that's very much if they have an axis that tilts like. Yeah, yeah. If we're getting in the nitpicks, okay, well, let me discharge my nitpicky shit, too. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, there's the fact that, like, these aliens have completely different physiologies than us. Is a thing they say, which was a line they say. Oh, yeah. 
but they don't have any other makeup other than the, 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 the yeah, white. yeah. I mean, they look and, exactly yeah. human. And she, they get pregnant exactly the same way, though she does say. Oh, but wait, wait. They he says that to uh, Dax that like their physiology is so much different yeah. than ours. Yeah, the person you're saying <laughs> ours to has a fucking worm inside her, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, he might be. T- well, your genetic. Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay, but she's got a worm in her. Right. <laughs> like she's got a worm well, in her stomach. Well, yeah, also has a uh, bun in her oven, but not a worm in her belly. That's true. And then this is the other nitpicky thing. It's like she references, oh, my husband. Well, I don't know what season is, so I can't say. She says my husband died last winter. Yeah, but she said I don't. But I don't know what their gestation period is either. So who knows? That's yeah. That's it's all kind of weird. Uh, but I just noticed. There you go. Uranus has a 90, 90 degree tilt, which means it wouldn't have seasons at all. Mars, I, Jupiter doesn't have a tilt at all, which means it doesn't have seasons at all. So it's like there's this weird sort of I was like, but maybe human life or yeah. humanoid life would not grow on these kind of planets. So every planet, right. maybe it's a, like a sample yeah. bias. If you, especially since they're on a planet where they look exactly like every other human except for <laughs> yes. lesions on their, yes. they got shit on their face. Then I will say this next week goes into vast detail on on all kinds of hu- uh humanoid physiology okay. variations in next week's episode no, we're not there yet but yeah that's generous we're not but so, i'm just saying this is a conversation that'll have to be picked up next right. week too put a pin in that oh yeah yeah, yeah i'm sure we'll definitely <laughs> revisit this. so they get on the planet they find a girl dying yeah. they go to tremaine uh whatever mm-hmm. and then we learn that julian really hates hospice like a lot oh or, yeah yeah i thought like yeah i thought that was a little over <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, and yeah they go there in this hospital and then they learn that the guy's kevorkian everybody and he julian flips his shit it's like but, uh, that, and that really was like a check your privilege. I, I mm-hmm. think maybe you're supposed to like check your privilege. Like, I was like, these people are. I like, was thinking these that, people yeah. are like barely Stone Aged era people. Surely you have some understanding of historical palliative care, right? And that that's where this guy is stuck at. Yeah, yeah. and this is shit. It's been happening for two hundred years. So at this point, it's part of their culture, right? It's part of. They have a religion basically built around. Yeah. It. Well, yeah. they yeah. Ikaria, she says mm. we worship death. Yeah, but that's it, and that's it's very ritualized. The death, se- the death sequence is very ritualized. Right. Yeah, the quickening yeah, happens. You people. go to the quick, quickening. Trevian, yes. and he Kavorkins you, and yeah. you know what? That's I'm not saying that I wouldn't make the same choice. I mean, shit, <laughs> I'm doomed to die painfully. Yeah, uh, his name is Michael Sarazin, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he's the lead in They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Oh yeah, yes. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Yeah, Holy shit! Great Sydney Pollock film. So like, yes. So he's. <laughs> We've even made a. They shoot Bashirs, don't they? Reference, I believe. <laughs> they shoot Bashirs, yes. So so he that makes was... two things I've seen this guy in. <laughs> what was the other thing? This episode. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's in a ton of shit that is around. Like he's in a Paul Newman movie. That I've never heard of. You know, he's in a lot of these sort of movies that I've never heard of. So, so he got work, but he yeah, oh no, no, he this guy, this guy was always a worker. He's he's no longer with us, but he was yeah, good for him. He was good always for him. Yeah, his last movie that he was in was Fear.com, which I actually remember. Okay, I didn't watch <laughs> well, it. Well, at least somebody does. But I remember it coming out. <laughs> Fear.com and Jeffrey Combs is in that oh, too. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So for you Combs completists out there, you'll have to let us know how that is. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to be, I want to, that's a goal. That's a life goal to be a Combs completist. Yeah. 
Because I bet he's Ooh. some. I bet he's in some goofy shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's so great. All right. So yeah, and then Julian is like, "Oh, they want to die." It's like, "All right, well, let's go." Pal, there's nothing for us to do here. We should go. I guess we can't do anything for him, and he's ready to go. Yeah, he really is kind of cavalier. Like, fuck it, let's go. Right, and then Kira's like, "Well, oh, there's two Jim Hadar ships coming in from the." They're leaving the Kindy system, another system that we get name-checked, and they're heading for the Obata cluster but to Boranus 3. I'm just putting pins in my map of the Gamma Quadrant for that. But of where you're going, like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but he's like, all right, well, let's go. And then the, the pregnant woman comes up and says, no, don't. And he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The actress, yeah, the actress Ellen Wheeler, not doing characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Kira lands and takes them back up on the runabout. I guess they're not on the Defiant because they only have three actors in these. So the runabout would be the whole cast. But anyways, she's like, well, we got to go back to the station. And he's like, no, leave us there. Come back in a week. See what I can do. Avoid these Jim Hadars. And she's, she's like, well, oh. Well, okay, fine. I'll go hang out in the Gymkata Nebula. Yes, yes, the Gym, the Gymkata, <laughs> which, which is a great B movie that you guys should watch. Right, or it's the Gymkata <laughs> about a guy who does gym gym based kung fu. <laughs> right, I'm not making that up. It's a movie. Oh you no, should go watch oh it. yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Anyways, I was just trying to reach for a Jim Cotta joke there. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> so, so are we at? So, oh, they so, send he, up, they, so they land, they set up a... Light tent, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Dax has the... He keeps making all these, like, parochial kind of, like, oh, you know, uh, just give it a... Like, he keeps saying these doctor things, and the pregnant girl's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dax has the whole, like, when he's like, oh, just sit there, I'll be right with you in an hour. It's like, she's just like, they love to keep you waiting, doctors. It just makes them feel important or whatever. Yeah. There is some fun. I mean, I guess she's, the, there's some good beats. And then basically, so he's got this girl that is super eager to work with him because she doesn't want to quicken before her baby's born. But then there's this other fucker that's like an asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Who's quickened, and he's convinced this asshole to help him. But there's this whole feeling that the they shoot a horses guy is like, it is like this antagonist because he's he's against people coming in and offering false hope. Right. They've had snake oil people come, taking all this money comes in. and, and Yeah. This episode at its best, it kind of feels like a Western. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the big city doctor came into the small sleepy town and the, the old pastor who hold the town together doesn't want. Yeah, yeah. Some highfalutin city slick and carpetbagger to come in and <laughs> right. you know and mu- and music man the whole town right because so even even uh, when yeah. they before they leave and land Julian has some like oh we're out here exploring the big old wide old world like yeah, some kind that. of illusion like his season one like it's frontier space obnoxiousness uh-huh. he has a little bit of a hint of that even when he's with Kira in the runabout. Yeah, so that's a good... Yes, so he is kind of like a... And that works, and that that works as a foil to Julian, and it and it kind of like, it's someone with enough authority to sort of check him on his shit, and it's a nice... Yeah, I like it a lot. This little asshole kid, though, he he goes in and he decides to cancel his death. Edrum, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, I don't know why, because I want to... It's like, I've seen that guy in something before. He's in Con Air, 
but I don't remember him in Con Air. I do honestly remember him as abuse <laughs> as abusive John in the Deadwood pilot, which oh. I've watched probably twenty times, and he's in the Deadwood oh. pilot. So, yeah, we'd be remiss to not point that out. Yeah, as abusive John, I think he's the guy who comes in and says, "My no, he's the one that she shoots in the head." That Trixie shoots in the head. Okay. That's right. Yes. And then Doc Cochran sticks the oh, bolt, whatever. Watch watch Deadwood, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, so he yeah. goes in and, and then Julian kills him and like a bunch of other fuckers. Oh, right. Well, yeah. She has the whole, we come to worship, they've come to worship death. And mm-hmm. I used to wake up and be disappointed. The quickening hadn't taken me in my sleep. And then he comes in and he's like, oh, are you going to bleed me? And Julian's like, well, a little bit. He's like, what? He's in the bed and he's he's quickened and he's like, oh, I like your spots to Dax and uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets put in an inhibitor field. There's a lot of techno babble, which is pretty good techno babble about like their white blood cell count and his- yeah, yeah, isn't you it? You know what? Actually, I felt like this was the perfect amount of medical yeah. babble and techno babble mm-hmm. together. Like I thought this was a pretty good, believable mix. Yeah. I think that because this this script, though it's credited with whoever originally wrote it, Rene Shavaria rewrote it, uh, um, and his wife, I believe, has medical training that's come up before. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, and so yeah, and this is one of those episodes where I'm starting to think that like Rene Shavaria is is the best, if not the second. I mean, is the second best, if not the best writer on the show right currently. Right. He's Robert Hewitt Wolf is I, the best. Is, no, I, no, I, I no, I think Ronald, Ronald D. Moore. I put Robert. I mean, I feel like a dick raking him, but I don't know. Renee Shavario has had some stinkers, man. He's done all those Dax episodes. He had stinkers. He had stinkers early on, but I think that like he wrote The Visitor and he wrote a ton of other shit this season. He's yeah, he wrote them. He's good. He you want him on your fantasy writers right, room, but he he also wrote The Muse, so. He was forced to write the news. <laughs> but let's not hold that against him. <laughs> <laughs> he was forced to yeah. write it. Uh, Julian also has the whole kuka. He he, ex- he explains his whole why he became a doctor scene. Talks about kukalaka, which I feel like this is the fourth different explanation. I feel like, I, yeah, I, that's another thing. Yeah. I feel like this is just like another gentle Bashir reboot where we get like another. I feel like we know so much about his ambition and very little about anything else about I feel like we've Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is def this is a definitely a reboot. This is a reboot of Julian. Have we not heard about him having a teddy bear that he worked on before? I felt like that felt familiar to me, but maybe it's because I've No, there was something with the tennis that he was playing with tennis. He saw his father was a diplomat yeah, yeah, and he, they stopped somewhere and yeah. saw somebody fix That's in Melora. He basically saw the plot of this okay. yeah, he saw the plot of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody fixed somebody in his family or something, and then but he's and she said, and that's when you wanted to become a doctor and he's and I like the line. He goes, No, I wanted to be a tennis star. Right, right. But um this is like it reboots it to where he wants to fix a teddy bear. Right. Yeah, since he was five and right. he kept patching it up. And it because she's like, You've lost all your patience, right? Because everybody dies. I was like, Well, yes, except there's one that I haven't lost. And he has a whole story about that. And she's like, Well, where is it now? And it's like, Oh, I don't know. It's in a closet somewhere. And she's like, Bullshit. I'm like, okay, I'm a, it's on my shelf. Cause, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, and then oh. then everything goes crazy and he kills everybody. Because it turns on, and this is actually pretty smart of the Dominion, mm-hmm. that advanced technology quickens the quickening <laughs> right yeah it causes it to mutate and the em fields yeah. electromagnetic fields drive the virus crazy apparently and it mutates. so in like a pretty advanced bit of computer graphics 
they actually did motion capture for the quickening. And the reason that it was able to like sort of spread over their face on camera was because they were in little uh, they were in the Landy Circus mask. Really, I don't even remember. Yeah, I guess maybe I was writing down some dumbass notes and missed it. <laughs> Take time to enjoy Pretty things. Pretty clever, actually, though. Yeah, yeah, like the you actually see the like the veins spreading, oh. and they did that with motion capture. Oh, that's... Yeah, and he's like, oh, I I and... noticed some changes in the viral base pairing of the chromosomes. It's like, well, all right. That must be Renee Echevarria's wife's input. Yeah, yeah, there's something. I mean, they, they did okay. And then you have the Julian at his lowest moment. So it's like a, it, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a pretty solid structure of a plot because now you have Julian at his lowest moment yeah, yeah. and he gets to wax philosophical and he even highlights on what a kind of a, like a, like a cunt he is. I was so arrogant. I thought I could fix him in over a week. This thing they couldn't fix in 200 years. Oh, I'm such a dumb, arrogant asshole. There is no cure. And then Dax kind of puts yeah. him in his place. It's like, look. Maybe it was arrogant to think that. But it's even more arrogant to think there isn't a cure just because you couldn't find it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. That was a good line. Yeah, yeah. I said something is the pushing looks weak as shit. I've I'm trying to figure out what this note. <laughs> oh, when she, when she gets pregnant, she gets. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yes, okay, I don't have any kids. I wasn't in any uh, birthing rooms or anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's set up where the note is. I'll make the note. <laughs> yeah. So the only person that really believes in him that's left is the woman who has now quickened the pregnant woman. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so she's got nothing to lose, but right. she believes that if he can help right. her, because Kira's already come back for him after the week's been gone and they all died. And she's like, well, you know, we'll send more people back soon. And he's like, no, mm -hmm. you have to go back to the station without me. I'm going to stay. He decides to do that, I guess, because the pregnant girl says she still believes in him or something. Yeah, it's it's um, and that's and that's pretty that's pretty realistic and common today. Doctors can just quit their jobs and get uh, obsessed with things all the time. And the organization really? just have to put up with it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, like, well, I didn't know if that was some, some, something that, like, I could see how, like, a, if a doctor was just, you know, wanting to quit to, for research or whatever. I yeah. It's that. possible, like, like a Johns Hopkins or something right, like right. that, maybe. Sure. But just the idea that he's like, go on without me. I'm just staying here until for indefinitely. Yeah. I'm sure Cisco's like, he did what? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, Cisco's <laughs> given Dax permission to leave because she fell in love with a boy oh. that lived on Shangri-La. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. And he let he lets Kira form a terrorist right. organization about twice a season. <laughs> right. so, so, oh, I guess. So. But once Julian wants to save lives, it's fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And just now, I mean, it's a general common thing in Star Trek. Everybody gets to leave. It's like they're at will work right. or something yeah, like that's, that. That's, like right. that's what's right. so great right. about this utopian future. You get to do what you want. And then when you don't want to do it, you can just stop. That's true. Yes. But for some reason, Miles had to stay on the ship during his, uh, his PTSD. Oh, well, he wanted like, to. He dream. wanted to. <laughs> so uh, uh so anyway so he's it's so now you get rid of dex so now it's right. a pretty lean story it's just him it's just and him the pregnant with, girl and when an old timey old timey stethoscope and he's not using any of the instruments yeah and, he has to use a bunsen burner he we get to see him as as a real doctor without all his his fancy tools so this is also he was he, to whether or not he's a good doctor or not it's, he was literally a frontier doctor right 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 yeah like hey man i i mean i know you can't use the uh the federation materials but they make better stethoscopes than they do with the just the brass too they did 
that don't just give out the EM field. But I guess he had to use what they had on. Okay. Yeah, because they don't have those antiques. He didn't go to an antique museum, I guess. <laughs> right, but they don't have the rubber stethoscopes anymore. <laughs> they work better than those brass ear pieces that you hold up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just assumed he got those around. Maybe, yeah. Like, he went to the quickening store. Like <laughs> You're on the probably store. right. I just assumed he had, like... <laughs> he went to the old, the old quickening dry goods and got one. <laughs> Ye old time quickening <laughs> yeah. store. What I like about this episode now is that Julian failed pretty big, and now it's all about these diminishing goals. Yeah. Because at this point, it's just about keeping her alive for two weeks. Yeah, it's first so like he, he can cesarean her baby. Right, because first he goes up and he's like, "Oh, oh, this is your baby's doing great. The heart keeps getting better. Oh, it's going to be ready to go in six weeks." And she's like, "I don't know if I got six weeks." And he's like, "Uh, well, I can induce. It's not even cesarean." Because we see her pushing, <laughs> but he's like, "Oh, yeah, in two weeks I can induce and we can do it then." That's true, and, and okay, so like I think that I think like Renee Abershenwa directed, and then Trevian comes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. First, you have that scene with Trevian. Yeah, which I like. so he's gonna be like, "I can kill you," and she's like, "No, man, I, I gotta get the baby out." And he's like, "Well, the baby's life's gonna suck anyway. I can kill the, you know, like might as well just do it now." Yeah, this episode wasn't gonna get out without that guy looking like an asshole at least once, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, yeah. The opposing <laughs> vo- a viewpoint, even though it was a totally bad, like in a culture where everybody dies right prematurely uh-huh. and inhumanely, this guy brings relief at the end humanely yeah yeah so but we gotta make him look like an asshole a little bit it goes back to that whole like this we have a culture that worships death so it's kind of like yeah well i don't even think i I think i viewed it even differently than that i think that he i could see i could see a doctor and i'm not i'm not trying to make excuses for him i actually feel this way i was trying to put the words together with it that i think that he believes that bashir is denying her palliative care right and then so he goes there to ask her that. And then Bashir is like, well, like you make house calls now. Right, right. And he's like, no, I just didn't know if you were if she was able to even get up to ask for these things. Right. Right. Is she right. now because of her medical condition? Is she now imprisoned to your tinkering? Right. And and so I like I feel a little bit I, I, I think that I I can see that maybe they were trying to shade him as 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 a Philistine or like or, a you know, like a false whatever. Like an like a like a overly Puritan right. sort of preacher guy, but I, I I don't know. I get his point there. Right. I, well, and I, even after he shows up, they do a good point of saying like, "Look," she even says like, "Look, he's just trying to," you know. Yeah. I think they're pretty sympathetic towards him overall. Well, he's the big yeah. He's the toughest nut to crack. Yeah, yeah. and especially at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. But yeah. um, so she goes into labor, and it is some of the worst acting I've seen on the show in a while. I, I, I didn't. I mean, again, I didn't think I didn't notice it. I was paying attention to, to see what I thought. She's about sitting it. up. She's sitting up as erect and straight as you are in your chair right now. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. And maybe this is a. I've had to see two of them shits. <laughs> right. That, I've seen. I've said to see two of these shits be born. So <laughs> that's kind of uh, where like, yeah. I don't think that, I don't know if this is bad, but I want to get James's opinion because I know that he's seen more of this shit than I have. It looks, well, he, I, I mean, I assume he's, he's yeah. done his time too. All three of my children were C-sections. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you not? Oh, did you, did you see, were you in the hospital room with during the C-section? Oh yeah, I was there. Okay. Cause I have the story that like, and I, I assume, I don't know if this was your experience or not because Daniel's a, 
15 hour labor, then a C-section. And then so it happens and they, they, I'm down with her head, Allison's head. And this is probably your experience too. I just, I, I they didn't prep me for this. And so that, and then the, the baby, they, they get the baby out and she goes, do you want to see? And there's a curtain across her chest. So I can't see whatever the doctors are doing. And then he goes, do you want to see the baby? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, like, I'm and, they go, no, I'm and then they say, stand up. Oh. And so I stand up and look over the curtain <laughs> and I see my firstborn baby. With a bruised up face because he's 15 hours of pushing. So I see my baby, but I also see my wife like gutted oh, open shit. like a deer carcass. <laughs> like, oh, man, I, yeah. like, and I can see the that. back of her spine. I can't handle that. Like, oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to. This is a weird <laughs> moment, man. <laughs> this is fucking weird. So that's. Yeah. That's how I first saw my son. But anyway, that's not. Then I, I had a. I had a. We, we had holy a, shit! Holy shit! Yes, we had the the, the second girl s- slid out like she was coated in grease. That's another thing. He hands her, and I know that this is in movies too. But he hands her the baby like right as the baby's born. Yeah, it takes him about thirty minutes to get the bitches clean. <laughs> so but yes those are all so <laughs> jesus i'm sorry no 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 that's great uh so he since he's been down there he he's he's noticed that the antigen that he made that killed everybody bef- that didn't kill everybody he made an antigen but everybody died anyway whatever mm-hmm. yes. the antigen in her bloodstream's gone and he's like i don't know why then the baby comes out and the baby is a Savior baby because the baby has no lesions on it at all. It's completely healthy. Yes. And then they realize that he realizes that all the antigens went to the placenta and that the baby is going to be okay. And That's right. To, to, to Hugh's point, shouldn't that have occurred to him? <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? <laughs> if he had the right instruments, he could have probably noticed, but. Well, but yeah, yeah maybe. He, I mean, I don't know. Like when women, and this is what when it was written by by a man. When women go to the doctor now, like literally everything they do, everything they do, they ask you, "Are you pregnant?" Before they do it, right? So they're constantly aware of the how pregnancy affects how it's a variable, phys- right? Yeah, how right, it's a variable right. that you have to constantly because they're they know that they for starters they know they can get sued right. if they like give you an ultrasound while you're pregnant and they didn't ask you that. Or what? Or not an ultrasound, like an X-ray. Anything that they do that could harm right, the, right. The, the fetus. Well, it's like he's not been asking this question the whole time, and well, it's not I mean, occurred to him. The way I mean, I'm not a medical doctor or anything either. But oh, and neither am I. But the, I mean, but the, from my layman's perspective, it would be unusual for once you have antigens in your bloodstream, your blood they stay there and they keep getting made. For the antigens to completely disappear would be a weird mystery. It's not like yeah necessarily that you'd think that the placenta you'd think that they just got flushed out and they weren't recreated not that they all just absorbed the into the placenta so but but yeah he could have maybe thought of it but you have a, i mean you have a massive i mean you have a massive blood filter yeah. in the i mean because you would have to think well how would the baby respond to the antigen yeah yeah before he put it in her yeah so he I don't know. Yeah, I get it. It works for the plot. It, it, you don't think about it. To, don't Fair think about enough, it yeah. too much. I mean, no, you're right. Yeah. He should have stuck a big old needle into to get get some <laughs> tests from the baby. Amnios. Yeah, he's just an, amniocentesis. Yeah, yes. that's the word. He should have done that to the baby because because if a good doctor would wonder would worry that it would harm the baby, right? 
<laughs> That's right. Yes. But it, he gets himself a limited win. He created a vaccine. Right. For it, uh, but not not a cure. So all of like, but don't they make some sort of statement that it the quickening hits most of them before they're before they're burnt? Yeah, yeah. Child, before they're before they're of childbearing age. Yes, but yeah. they're not completely yeah. extinct yet. So I guess it's still. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Most of them aren't going to get a chance to pay get it pay they, off. Yeah, they could have. They could have. I mean, humans adapt. Oh, this is weird. Humans adapted sickle cell anemia because malaria wipes you out right, before right. childbearing age. So sickle cell anemia was an adaptation to protect against that. Right. So they would have probably had some sort of adaptation to, yeah, I mean, to help I that mean, along. Yeah, I mean, I could overthink this for a while. Like, you know, and I th- yes, exactly. You know, I feel like the culture <laughs> would be just obsessed with getting knocked up if they thought they were going to die immediately too. So yeah, the twelve-year-olds would be like, yeah, as yeah. soon as you as soon as you drop yeah, drop yeah, nut, yeah. you're well. Well, they're they're very physically they're very physiologically different. I'm sure. It, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe they were all twelve. <laughs> well, also, but psychologically, having a whole society of people who you know had dead parents that they can't remember because they died when yeah. they were mm-hmm, small mm-hmm. probably doesn't make you want to be in a, a a parent really that's true too yeah so oh you think they just have a the like a the a lot of, that there's a lot of sort of just let your let the existence slip in you, there's a lot you could do with this concept yeah. actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it could there's really a lot of different ways to overthink on. a lot of yeah. these things but that would make really interesting stories well, no, no, just, yeah. i'm saying that's what i'm saying like 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 if this is not a star trek episode and this was the premise of like some other yeah, yeah. thing this could be actually yeah. interesting yeah there's a lot uh, of yeah. yeah yeah i mean you could do the whole i don't know black mirror season about like different ways to approach different approaches to how the culture adapts to this one thing. Yeah, they could. I'm going to have my, uh, my anthology show just about various diseases. (laughs) Right. It's good. He he was going to, he was going to love it. going to love it. (laughs) Okay. And then we had the scene at the end where, uh, they, they hold up the little baby, like Lion King. (laughs) I was going to say they Lion King the baby at the end. I I, I wrote the same note. I think this is the same year as Lion King, right? Or the year after, maybe it's the year after. So they are, Actually, ripping off the line, like <laughs> Renee Eberson was, like, hold it like they did in the Lion King. Uh, yeah. And then they shoot Julian Basier like he's Marshall Dillon about to walk off into the sunset. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> right. nice little king. It's a western, yeah. Yeah. And then um, back on the station, and it ends with this nice Julian can't quit trying to fi- fix the people. Yeah. Like he's obsessed with it. You have a little Cisco come in and go, You're like, good. You know, he's give like, him a, like an attaboy. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, the, yeah, but there's, there's still people dying over there. Yeah. There's yeah. Still- so I know I, I I think this I mean I don't know where this is all going to shake out at the end of when we two two weeks from now when we start doing thinking about our our white album but no I love this album I love this episode I mean I don't know if I loved I I don't know how much I loved and enjoyed every bit of it but I can't argue it's a bad episode I think it's I'm just sucking up to Warren Cantrell I want him to say something nice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think this is a pretty good, I mean, it's a well-constructed and well-done episode. I don't find, I can't find a lot of faults with it. This. Other than the cold open. I've hated every, I've, yeah, I've hated every Julian Bashir right. episode. So yeah, so, to hear you say the, this the, is actually uh, kind of blowing yeah. my mind a little bit. It is. I think that it's a, like, I, I, think, I still think I'd rather say Divorce Kelly. Oh, too. sure. <laughs> well, I <Right>. mean, <laughs> that doesn't make you an asshole. We would all rather see Divorce <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> 
Everybody except that Alexander Sadiq would have rather seen DeForest Kelly do it. <laughs> now he's got a legion of fans that follow him from every project oh, he, he does. works on. He does. They come out knives out for us when they catch, <laughs> catch wind of our opinion. <laughs> they do. Yes. But no, it's good. It's, I like this. I like this episode a lot. So yeah. Uh, do we want to get into rankings and shit? Well, re- yeah, the rear watch meter. Do you guys want to get on that real quick? Um, I'd put it at a. I'd put it at a five. I'll put it. I'll put it at like an eight. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think I'm on that. I, I'm on. If I don't ever have to watch this episode again, I'll be fine with me. There's okay. not. There's nothing here I'd want to revisit. Just like five point. I think it's just a. I think it's a good constructed yeah, story. Yeah, it's a well I like to I know, see. but I, I'm. I'm not. It's, it's. It's. There's nothing wrong with it. Like as far as construction and it's tight, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. It's just. It's a character piece mostly. It presents a lot of problems with no, very little to no resolution, and it's mm-hmm. mostly about the resolve of you know the station's doctor. So, who who as a character has been rebooted five or six times <laughs> in various ways right I, now. So I, 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 I really don't. Yeah. I don't really don't want to revisit it as far just as far as a rewatch meters goes. I I would never sit around and be like, ooh, I I really want to watch. The quickening. <laughs> you never want to watch Julian. <laughs> uh, not yet. Julian is Alexander Sadig is my least favorite part of this episode. <laughs> so, but I think that he does the best work with what he can do. So I think, like, I think he's. I had he's no not, problem with his acting in this. One. Yeah, Although I didn't sometimes either. Sometimes his overly earnest face is. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. I just hate his stupid face, but <laughs> stupid, stupid. Now I didn't say that. I'm just saying it's <laughs> I know I'm being a jerk. His his overly earnest is a little bit much sometimes. It's kind of kind of an eye roll. Mm-hmm. Um so I I think that as far as like a, like so an ID IMDB, I don't know where I'd go with this. Oh yeah, yes, um, yes. What let's yeah, you wanna figure out what the good people of IMDB think? I'm thinking high sevens. Not s- I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven point two, and I'll say seven point eight. This has got six hundred and ninety-five votes, and it is a seven point six. Mm. Mm. Okay, almost right in the middle of where. We're yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah kind of, kind of split that one down the middle, didn't you guys? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's I was trying to lowball it because I keep highballing things. I just thought, man, this one doesn't. Yeah, okay. oh, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, we got we got it. Well, we are we're kind of getting at the end of season four. What what do we got to look forward to next week? Next week, well, there's two episodes left in the season. The next week, Keiko goes to the Gamma Quadrant for fun and adventure, and things change uh-huh. in her life and in in Kira's life. It goes with her. Uh, also. I guess that Ferengi's like one in five Ferengi's does die from some disease and Quark Ooh, uh, is diagnosed with the disease. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is in this is liquidator brunt too. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, but then after that, then we have two weeks later, we have the finale, which is about, uh, Odo. Right. Things All change. Right. I remember that one with yeah. Odo. A lot to look forward to with, with, with that one. Yeah. And where everybody's, everybody on the discord is, is really anxious to see what we do with, uh, White albums from this point on. Yeah, I mean, oh. so I'm I'm really like now I'm like excited for the challenge, mm-hmm. and I, I think you you have to start cutting. I, I think that the fear is that you end up cutting favorites. Right. This season is the first time we have that. Right. Problem, yeah. Where oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a good. Yeah. This is gonna be a tough one, but 
I'll save. Not as tough as when the when the season seven where there's a ten part story yeah, arc. Right. Well. Right. And then I think a five point story arc. We might too. have to look to a different way to frame that. Yeah, that's gonna be. I, I that, think we'll get that, into that. So, that I like exercise. to look at the. Cha- I, I want to face the. Ch- yeah, I want to face the challenge, but before we have to change the challenge. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, Let's talk yeah. about that when we get into the white album for this season going forward. How we. Yeah. We can speculate and then. Going for it, well, then we'll have to address it when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. This was, we said pretty much mostly only nice things about a Julian Bashir episode. We did. What the fuck just happened, guys? Well, I'll tell you what <laughs> happened. It's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. The show, yes. The, I, this is I what was just like, because I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is a pretty good episode. I'm going to have to figure out what James and Hugh are going to be. How are we going to fight about this? Like, oh, no, I'm happy not. We don't always. <laughs> no, we, we don't. We don't. We don't just fight for contrarian <laughs> right. reasons. All right, cool. All right. So it's time now for voicemails and emails, right? Yep. Yep. All right. People are still dying back then. Yes. But their children won't. That's what I keep telling myself, son. Initiate reshuffling sequence. Oh, here we have a uh, voicemail from Kristen. Thoughts right. on the muse with the side of Outlander. Who is this? Ooh. Kristen. Yeah. Kristen. Oh, yeah. I've, we've yeah. sparked the whole Outlander thing. On the on the Discord right. and this is this is on the yeah and this is on the dis on the Discord we have, but I don't think Kristen is yeah. that has even keyed in on the Discord since yet. that episode. My wife has watched I think every episode of Outlander. So. Yeah, so I have a, like a because I know uh, Willow on the Discord was talking about mm-hmm. it, but I don't think I've heard from Kristen. Yeah, I haven't heard from that until just, just there's there's Outlander chatter. Oh yeah, no yeah. And we're going to get some more here. All right. Hey, guys. This is Kristen from Toronto again. Yeah, the uh, muse is pretty damn bad. And Loxana Troy, pregnant in her late 70s, is is weird. Um, For me, I will always believe, even though I know the years and timelines don't work out, that uh, her pregnancy is a reaction to Riker and Troy finally getting married. Yeah, I know it doesn't happen for like six years, but <laughs> whatever. Because that's just such a thing she would do. Oh, my daughter got married and she's finally gotten Will to commit and settle down and she's happy and she's stable and no one is paying attention to me. I need to marry this guy in haste and get pregnant and oh no, now my life is falling apart and I have this lovely dramatic situation where I can (laughs) go and do stupid drama-filled things and oh, I hate Luxana Troy. She is the worst. (laughs) The worst. Yeah, but Outlander, um, which you guys talked a lot about a lot, um, Outlander is really good, and one of the great things about it, which is why you guys don't like it, is a it is for the female gaze in a way that few things are, in that there are in the in the TV show a lot of very loving shots of of hot dudes in kilts and hot dudes not in kilts, um, and a lot of the story I could go in a lot more detail about this, but a lot of the story is like kind of a female power fantasy. Where Claire gets to rescue Jamie from all sorts of situations and is kind of like the one who knows and the one who has information and the one who has power a lot of the time, which goes a long way to explain its appeal for for women anyway. But um, 
yeah, um, if you guys want to start the Kilt cast and review every episode of Outlander, I would probably subscribe to that. I mean, I think it would be a lot of like, well, that was pretty well done, but I don't get it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Think about it. Kekers of Elves could use another another thing to do while Discovery's on hiatus, right? Anyway, this has been Kristen from Toronto signing off. Peldar Joy. Good night. <laughs> yeah, we could do the males on males gaze, the male gaze. <laughs> um, <laughs> the males gaze. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, my, my the, wife says it. I'm sit- willing to dip my toe in the Outlander it's, waters, I guess. It's pretty uh, great. Maybe we could do a. It's a good show. It's just like, man, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to rewatch it to do it's, a podcast. Uh, okay, so since, since I recorded, well, since we recorded The Muse, my wife has watched, I think, every episode of of Outlander, uh, and uh, she likes it quite a bit. Uh, it is that's it is a female power fantasy. It's one of those things that I don't think is gross that it exists, but it is like you know, it's about this time traveling nurse botanist uh, raised by an Egyptologist, <laughs> like a sex goddess, <laughs> like like it's this sort of strange. I can see wanting to be her. You know, I think that that's like a cool. Sure. I can see that in the way that, you know, Benjamin Sisko or something like that is a, is definitely a, you know, a male power fantasy or more like Kirk is a male power fantasy. Or and, Nathan Fielder for me. <laughs> or Nathan Fielder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that, I think that she, for men like us, yeah. uh, men like other people, maybe not. So it's a pretty great, like, I, I think it's a pretty great show. I think it's weird that it is what Ronald E. Moore chose. And I think, I think that's a, the virtue to him that he chose that, uh, to sort of, mm-hmm. and sort of work on it that way. So, uh, I receive him bear wrote for it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Is. So it's a, it, it does have an interesting pedigree, but it is still very much sexy man, lots of sexy man shots. It does have like this strange, like I mean, I, I we talked about it in the show. Like it does have this sort of strange rape thing that is pretty interesting from like a from a perspective of, like you don't normally have to deal with on a on a show like this. Like, right? Are can you watch a man be a sexual victim and still? It's a different uh, and uh, yeah, like it, it's it's challenging in that way. It challenges the male the female gaze. Or and all of that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. I don't know. I it's it's I'm I'm glad it's out there. Yeah. Peak TV, man. Me too. Yeah. So so your wife doesn't want to do a podcast about it. Uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I can't no. even force myself to read Dune right now. That's my big thing. <laughs> so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, okay. I'm through. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't you don't care for the pros? <laughs> all right, I we don't already wanna... tricked you into reading it twice. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I've read all the books before, so suck it up. This is the farthest <laughs> I've gotten in my Dune tries. We could uh, just do the. We just could do the damn thing and explain like, and you could just be along for the ride if you want. No, 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 no. I made a commitment. <laughs> you will not. All right. What else have we right. got? Well, uh, thanks a lot. It it's is really great, great to, to hear from you, Kristen. Before we get to our whole Dune podcast. Uh, Oh, we oh three three or four of these might have been Bucky from the Good Hair. This, all right. So uh, yeah, we have a few calls from Bucky with the Good Hair, 
on Twitter, Bucky WT Goodhair. Uh, F you, he, he, he had problems getting his calls to go through. All right. Oh, like this one, which... What up, fellas? It's Bucky here calling for uh, Rules of Acquisition. Just wanted to drop a quick note with respect to Shattered Mirror and the Mirror Universe at large. I get it. The Mirror Universe is kind of corny. There's a lot of bullshit going Oh, we lost them. Uh, let's try this yep, again. agree with him. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. All right. Uh, let's, get, let's move on before the butt comes. All right. <laughs> okay, let's try this one. Hey, fellas, Bucky here, just calling in with some thoughts about the Mirror Universe at large outside of the context of Shattered Mirror. Um, I know that the Mirror Universe, I'm, and I'm, when I say the Mirror Universe, I'm referring specifically to the Mirror Universe on Deep Space Nine, um, not the showing of it. You know what? No, fuck this. This is a terrible message. I'm going to call back and try this again because this is terrible. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that didn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to throw you under the bus, Bucky, but I love this shit. Okay, we got another one from Bucky here, and this is where he really gets his thoughts in order, I think. Uh, but uh, you can call every time. We'll put you up. All right. <laughs> here we go. We got another one from Bucky. Hey, guys. Bucky with the good hair here, trying my third take on my Mirror Universe take. Um, my thoughts on the Mirror Universe are twofold. Uh, you have... The way the Mirror Universe is portrayed in the original series, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise. And then you have what may be occurring in Discovery. So for the purposes of this, I'm completely ignoring what's going on in Discovery. The important thing for me about the Mirror Universe, and the main reason that I don't hate it, uh, and kind of enjoy it, actually, is that despite its terrible 1990s gay people are evil tropes, um, the Mirror Universe is a complete throwaway, and I enjoy episodes that are complete throwaways to a fun degree. Um, nothing that happens in the Mirror Universe on Deep Space Nine to any of our counterparts, you know, our Cisco, our Bashir, our whomever, nothing that happens to any of those characters matters in terms of the Dominion, in terms of the founders in terms of section 31 in terms of any of it. So I am able to enjoy the mirror universe because you know, going in, all right, well, we're in for some mirror universe silliness. Is it the greatest? No. Is it sometimes downright dumb? Yeah, <laughs> but I don't hate it. And I think it also sometimes serves as an excuse for the writers when they don't have an idea or they're just trying to fill up some time to do whatever they want and have it be consequence-free. So that's it on the, the Mirror Universe. Uh, we only The good news is that at this point, we only have, I think, total for the rest of the show, three more Mirror Universe episodes because there's the one where Redacted... Redacts, and then there's the one where Redacted redacts, and then there's I. Then there's the last one where Redacted redacts. So the good news is that we've only got to do three more of them. So, all right, keep it real, everybody. Bucky with the good hair on Twitter. Later. Again, I'll say this: he has a great follow on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bucky WT Good Hair is the best. 
<laughs> yeah, I could see how there's some appeal to like a, you know, a standalone stories that don't have larger ramifications on the overall arc of Deep Space Nine and how you can kind of get in and out and everybody's vamping. And if you pick up on the vibe of everybody's having a good time, you know, you know, kind of hamming it up, you can enjoy it on that level. It's not yeah, for me, yeah. but I mean, I'm, I can see, I see what Bucky gets out of it. I think that's the point I was making with uh, that last mirror episode we had was like, oh, it's dumb, but I loved it. <laughs> Like I had a yeah. good time with it. Just like, oh, this is just throwaway dumb. It's one of those things that like I, I feel like you have to write a bunch of fucking episodes. Everybody's in the writer's room all in all day talking about this fucking shit, which is probably not fun to I mean it's probably it beats like, you know, working like a real fucking job. But it, it probably fucking gets to you and it probably fu- and you just probably just say, What like fucking what if what if what if he just fucks Dax? What if he fucks her? And then everybody's like, well, we can't do that. But I'm putting it in a notebook. And so the mirror episode is the time to pull out all the notebook stuff. And and I get, yeah, it's fun. I, I can see how it's fun. I, I'd i rather it be tighter. But, yeah. um, and I don't particularly love, I don't really. We got 25 episodes to get yeah, in this season. How tight do you want? Yeah, I would like it to not be 25 episodes and be tighter. Which, but um, <laughs> right. I just let my hair down. Let me let my hair down sometimes. Oh, I'm beautiful. Take yeah, my glasses I, off. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get, I get, I, get <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't either. But <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's like on a Friday. I get that it's fun. I don't get, I don't know. I don't enjoy it. As, I don't enjoy it like you guys do. But I get why it would be fun. <laughs> neither do I. Neither do, clearly, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Okay, Wade. Now, if people want to get a hold of us, what should they do? No, they should give us a call at 917-408-3898 and, you know, tell us what you think. Or otherwise, uh, send us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com, but also... A big thing you should do, hey, is us money. Check us out and support us on Patreon if you want at patreon.com slash kickers of elves so that we will try to make it worth your money's worth to give you extra content over there and lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us for the rules of acquisition for Wade, James, and myself. Uh, we'll see you next week. Ready to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.